0: We uh, are at chapter 19, and uh, we're going to be starting at verse 9 through the rest of the chapter. David is about to return back to Jerusalem and take over his reign that he had that got uh, interrupted. Uh, But I will tell you this, it doesn't happen in an instant. It doesn't happen overnight. He just goes back and uh, is ready to go. Yeah, there you go. There's one.
1: I don't know. I thought it was yours. Because <laughs> there was a soda right here, and I pulled it up paper, so I was like, I'm sitting next to somebody.
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> there's one. It's a one there too. That's just a Bible. No,
1: yeah, is somebody's Bible?
0: Is there a there's sheet just, back there or not?
1: There's an extra sheet right there.
0: Yeah. If Ted want, wants one, that's I, I think I had just enough. You want probably. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: the
1: churches.
0: It looks good with your black shirt.
1: Yeah. It matches your shirt, though. Yep. Go. Go. I shirt.
0: Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, there's a lot of hoops to go through for David to uh, get back to Jerusalem and take over his kingship. Uh, he has to first win back the favor of the people. Mm-hmm. And um, David is going to have to be invited to uh, return. To Jerusalem to take over um, you know there was uh, there's actually going to be strife uh, over this whole or- ordeal between uh, I guess you could say Judah and the rest of Israel and so there's going to be a little tribal uh, I guess you can say arguments and uh, vocal discussions about what uh, what to do about this and um, Somewhere between the Jordan River and Jerusalem, there's kind of a rebellion that even is instigated by Sheba. And the Israelites, I guess, forsake David as their king, and they just return to their homes. So, all of this has inspired religious history. It's history. We we have a story that just keeps moving through here, but all throughout... You see how God is operating and of course uh, David is the one that's supposed to be on the throne and he will be. It's just that uh, little bit of a delay here. All well, this is written by a prophet and it's for us to, uh, to hear and to comprehend and to, to heed to. Uh, God has a lot to say through it even though it seems like a lot of uh, history. And it is. But it is the way that God works. Uh, Let's have a word with the Lord. Father, thank you for this evening that we have to be able to read your word and uh, be able to uh, know how your history has operated. You work through so many different ways, and as we look at David, who has to be restored as the king, the people try to figure out a way of how to do it. So that's what we look at tonight. Help us to have uh, more understanding on uh, how you worked through this King David, who is a type of the great king that was to come, the Messiah. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. So, we're going to pick it up at about 9, verse 9. And this is where um, there's some quarreling going on. A uh, king arose, sat in the gate, and they told all the people, saying, Behold, the king is sitting in the gate. Then all the people came before the king. Israel had fled, each to his tent. I'm just starting that off with verse 8. Because we see David is now at the gate. Whereas before he wasn't. So it's saying, Hey, I'm here to greet you and uh, congratulations on your victory. Because before he was what? Grieving. Because his son got killed, Absalom. And so he's in the proper place. So in verse 9, all the people were quarreling throughout all the tribes of Israel saying, The king delivered us from the hand of our enemies and saved us from the hand of the Philistines, but now he has fled out of the land from Absalom. However, Absalom, which we anointed over us, has died in battle. Now then, why are you silent about bringing the king back? (laughs) These
1: people are so weird. They're just like, we, they, you, the, the king got kicked out, the son took over, we approved him, now the son's dead. Can we have our king back? Well, well, this is a very weird situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah it is. And they don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, it's not like they're trying to anoint another king. They They want the king that just got kicked out.
0: Seems automatic. But, there's some difficulties here. Uh, now, when we have a President that is like assassinated or moved out or whatever, there's always a there's an orderly process for succession. When a king ceases to function as a king, what does a nation do? Bring in the Vice king
2: <laughs>
0: Well, there's a whole lot of arguing and pointing fingers here now, you know, and we know <clears throat> that he fled the country people did anoint Absalom to be their king he's dead as you say right there <clears throat> Man, I'm drinking water and I am really dry <laughs> so the, cl- the conclusion would be well it, it's got to be David that returns you would think right and resume his role but how is it going to happen what should they do what could they do So the arguing uh, resumes. There's a lot of people who uh, backed up Absalom in the rebellion. The people who are arguing are the people of Israel uh, who remained in the land. They're not supporters of David here. At least they haven't been. And these folks rejected uh, David as their king. Now they know it's inevitable that he's going to come in and reign as king. So who would want to step forward to bring back the man they rejected? <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, you know, they committed high treason, really. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's an uncomfortable situation.
1: I know, because being a king,
2: you want to go back
1: to rule the people who turn their back on you? I mean...
2: He wasn't one that ran away. I mean he kinda he made he made
1: a tactical
2: decision. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying he there left he left his people. Yeah. I mean what if it hadn't been Absalom? What if it had been another enemy? Oh, if it was another
1: enemy, David would not have he held back the sword from them. He no run. problem with
0: that. Well David's supporters are wanting to know why the fellow Israelites remain quiet and, you know, about David coming back as the king. So, trying to get this thing going, and they're bickering between each other and quarreling, as it says here, throughout all the tribes. So, this is the situation that we have. Okay, now, here's where David takes the initiative then. We've got to kick this into gear. And here's where he takes off. It's eleven through eighteen. Eleven through eighteen. Hey, uh, Vel, could you read that please? Yes, sir. <laughs> so
1: King David sent to Zadok and abithar the priest, saying, Speak to the elders of Judea, saying or Judah, saying, Why are you the least last to bring the king back to his house? Since the words of all Israel have come to the king, to his very house. You are my brethren, you are my bone and my flesh. Why then are you the last to bring back the king? And say to Amasa, Are you not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me, and more also, if you are not commander of the army before me continually in the place of Joab. Mm-hmm. So he's swayed the heart of all the men of Judah, just as the heart of one man, so that they sent this word to the king, Return you and all your servants. Then the king returned and came to the Jordan, and Judah came to Gilgal to go to meet the king, to escort the king across the Jordan. And Shimei, the son of Giar, and Benjamite, who was from (laughs) Bahurim, hurried and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There was a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Zibiah, the servant of the house of Saul, and his fifteen sons, and his twenty servants with him, and they went over the Jordan before the king. Then the ferry boat went across to carry over the king's household, and to do what he ought, thought good, and to do what he thought good. Okay.
0: Alright, so David is going to appeal to the leaders here. Uh, you have the priest that were on his side, but they stayed back in Jerusalem as David told them to, Zadok and Abiathar. He's been able to use them to get some wise counsel and then the sons would uh, come uh, and tell David. And so what he does now, he says, okay, I want you to go and speak to the elders of Israel, uh, or Judah. Now that's David's tribe, right? David from the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ. From the tribe of Judah, right? <clears throat> so, these are David's closest, closest kinsmen here, right? From the tribe, Judah. So it's logical that <clears throat> they would take the lead in bringing David back to Jerusalem, right? Seems to me that would be right. David makes it easier, I think, here for the people to... Um, maybe figure out what what to do, or at least uh, accept what's happening here by firing somebody. (laughs) Who does he fire? Joab. Joab. Commander. He was one of the commanders, I think, out of uh, three of them. Um, And before he had been the one, and David doesn't (laughs) trust him. And so he is one of the three, and now uh, he's just lost his job, or so, for a little bit. Well,
1: probably because Joe Ivy <coughs> yelled at him in the tent, which was a good thing to
0: do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's kind of a love-hate relationship that they have going there. I
1: mean, they are cousins.
0: Hell. He's related to a lot of guys here. Like just yeah. you, I know you're about you. He's better than me, punk. <laughs> <laughs> right. takes yeah. He
2: takes care of business. He takes care of business, even if David dreams
1: him or not.
0: Yeah, he does. But who does he replace Joab with? Amasa. Who's Amasa? Amasa actually is his nephew who actually was the commander that took Joab's place of the Israeli army. And uh, so really, he would have been the commander that was going against David. Mm-hmm. And David hires him to now be the commander. Now isn't that a little odd? Mm-hmm.
1: So, so Amas, was he on Absalom's side during this whole thing? Yeah,
0: he was the commander chosen. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he happens to be uh, a son of David's sister. His sister—that's Abigail. That's probably
1: like more
2: favoritism. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah, it's so, because yeah. Abigail expedient to have a Masa because he brings all of the Israelites with him. Right. That's
0: exactly what he's doing. Yeah, that is what is happening here. Well, yeah. <laughs>
2: Seem like I know. I know people followed Absalom, but it's more because they liked Absalom and he kind of won them over, mm-hmm. rather than speaking badly about David. David wasn't so much their enemy Absalom as Absalom was their friend. And then, mm-hmm. and then they saw that that David was grieving for Absalom, so they knew that David didn't hate.
1: Right. Was yep. to a vent, just, you know. It wasn't like a
2: vendetta. Right. Yep. I mean, just
1: that's the thought that just came to my mind. They don't hate David. They just chose uh, the wrong person right. I think the Israelites are having a hard time accepting the fact that they made a mistake.
2: Yeah.
1: They're like, well, we goofed, but we're not going to admit that.
0: And they're pointing at Judah's. And Judah's pointing at these guys. And they're going to have this for quite some time, but they're going to have to get together here, and they kind of do. Judah comes out to meet David. And so you know it's a pretty good ways away. I don't know, I think it's, it might be something like 50 miles or so. Uh, I think uh, whatever David did here does the trick that they're able to get something going. And word comes from the elders of Judah. Uh, They're inviting him to return. And uh, they make their way from Mahanam to the banks of the Jordan River. And the people of Judah assemble at Gilgal. Do you remember Gilgal? Real close to really uh, Jordan. And remember whenever Israel was coming into the Promised Land, when they got so far... Gilgal was basically just across the river. You're close to Jordan. Uh, You're close to uh, Jericho. So, um, here we are at this place again. Gilgal comes up a lot. You see it in the Judges and out here uh, right in Samuel. You see it uh, mentioned. So a lot of history there. And so the uh, people of Judah come to help David. They assist him and uh, and those with him that are crossing the river and they welcome him back. That's the rest of them and actually a good-sized delegation of Israel, the the ten tribes. Mm-hmm. So that was good. They're kind of represented well enough to say he's going to be our king here you know, and and he is And it didn't last very long at all for his son. But getting back into operation is another thing. It's interesting, some of the people that we met on the way out of Jerusalem Mm -hmm. show back up. They show back up. We meet them on the way back. (laughs) And Shammai happens to be one of them. Uh
1: Do we remember Shammai?
0: He's a guy
1: who cursing David and the people as they were yeah, speaking all kind
0: of hate right. curses. He's throwing the, the rocks in the dirt. He was doing an earnest tea bass and all yeah. the cursing that he was doing at him. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's David is going to have to go through that area. Shammai knows it. And he knows David has become, or he's the king and before he was on his way out and he was glad to see it. Cause he knows his son's taken over, mm-hmm. but now he goes, uh oh. Mm-hmm. You remember all talking those? about you when I was like, talking
2: about it. It was just the people you were it with. The captain, the other guy. Yeah, you're trying to get rid of. That's what I'm paying them
0: for, right? Yeah. Let's go back to 16 just for a moment. Uh, round verse five, David came to Bahurim. And there we go, that's the place where he's at. Shammai as there, came out from there a man of the family, the house of Saul. The house of Saul, you know, he didn't want David to be king anyway, but Shammai was the son of Gerah. He came out cursing continually as he came. He threw stones at David and all the servants of King David. All the people and all the mighty men were at his right hand and his left. Thus Shammai said when he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of bloodshed and worthless fellow. He's telling this to the king. So he's thinking this is a good time to be doing it, you know. <laughs> the Lord has returned upon you all the bloodshed of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. Behold, you are taken in your own evil, for you are man of bloodshed. Well, his tune has now changed. <laughs> <laughs> this would be an interesting closing you
2: just have to say about John. back up. Too bad nobody had their uh, smartphone out. <laughs> Trump shows <chose laughs> that up. Why did um, I could see the same scenario. Anyway, go ahead.
0: So he came there there to meet him.
2: Matter of fact, Well, I think that's yeah, pretty brave of him. Yeah, no to joke. Come out there and yeah, he I mean, be- even even if he's groveling <clears throat> and begging for forgiveness, I mean. I think I kind of would have wanted to. Just maybe high up.
0: <laughs> but you'll notice, look how many men he has with him. Who does he bring <laughs> along with him? <laughs> a thousand Benjamites. But that's a good thing. Because it's saying, we're going, we're going to follow you. He needs Benjamites.
1: For support. Yeah. Not like
0: that did him any good. <laughs> well. Um Shoot. he yeah. just left. What's that? He
1: should have just left. <laughs> Went the country and just denounced his Israelite heritage.
0: Just, just get out of there. Right?
1: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Gentile now.
0: <laughs> I'm out of here.
1: I'm a Gentile. Hey, guys. I'm a little Israelite. Get out of here, Israelite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well... Shemai definitely has a little turn. And you'll notice that there's somebody else. Yeah. Zeba.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, he met Shammai on the way out. He met Zeba on the way out. Zeba happens to, you know, yeah. had come along and brought him a bunch of supplies mm-hmm. yeah. for him and the people, food and everything. Yeah. And you go, what's this? Remember, Zeba <laughs> had a little story about Mephibosheth. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: he didn't speak too kindly about Mephibosheth, even though him and Mephibosheth were supposed to be like this. Uh-huh. <coughs> you know, a servant that, that he is, and of course Mephibosheth had lived with David, so he kind of told David that, uh, well, he didn't come. He kind of stayed back there thinking maybe, uh, you know, well, he's from the house of Saul, you know, <laughs> maybe he'll be king. Uh, just a suggestion. <laughs> uh, so here is Zeba again, servant of the house of Saul and his 15 sons and his 20 servants with him and they rushed to the Jordan before the king. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. We know we see Ziba in chapter 16 also. There's five verses. So those two guys uh are back. The Interesting fellows
1: to undo their their wrongs before they get
2: murked.
0: We need to get this straightened out.
2: Well I think Zima's yeah. figuring out oh no, he's gonna see Mephibosheth. oops. <laughs> and Oh, That's oh, right. Oh, oh, oh. And Mephibosheth yeah. is going to show
0: up before yeah. the end of this chapter. <laughs> <laughs> What's even he going to say? Even though he's in oh, look, trouble, he's trying to...
1: Mephibosheth is doing
2: like,
1: he said, what? Yeah. God, uh, my supply I supplied him a gift to give to you. <coughs> wow. Okay. Well, Mephibosheth is not saying
2: anything. He's not... He's not you know, he's just and there. He didn't to do anything wrong. To
0: welcome back,
1: back over. over. Maybe yeah. he'll forget. <laughs> David's been through a lot. Maybe he won't
2: quite remember how
1: the story went. Maybe he's still mourning <laughs> over his son, and maybe this yeah. is a good yeah. time he to. He just won't
2: quite remember. Like, what was that that we mm. talking about? No. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, um,. Avel, let's let's do 18 through 23 here, and we get repentance and forgiveness here. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> good little picture.
1: The, then the ferryboat boat went across and carried over the king's household and to do what he thought was good. Now Shammai, the son of Gerar, fell down before the king when he had crossed the Jordan. Then he said to the king, Do not let my Lord impute iniquity to me or remember what wrong your servant did on the day that the Lord, the King, (laughs) left Jerusalem, that the King should take it to heart. For I, your servant, know that I have sinned. Therefore, here I am, the first to come today of all the house of Joseph, to go down to meet my Lord, the King. And then you said, Mm. continue on. Yeah, go through 23 there. (laughs) Okay. But Abishai, the son of Zerah, answered and said, Shall not Shammai be put to death for this, because he cursed the Lord's anointed? And David said, What have I to do with you, you son of Zerah, that you should be advisories to me today? Shall any man be put to death today in Israel for do I not know that today I am king over Israel? Therefore the king said to Shemai, You shall not die, and the king swore to him.
0: Alright.
2: <clears throat>
0: <clears throat> I can down. see why
1: he did that though. Huh? I can see why he did that. <clears throat> he's coming back into the king kingdom, he's got the people on his side, sort of. And so this is like his first act of showing the people that even though... Time for healing. Yeah, even though all me. of you guys did me wrong, and especially this one, he threw rocks at me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> if I forget this but, guy... But it's time
2: for healing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there's been enough bloodshed. My son just died. I'm not allowed to mourn and weep over it. Like, I yelled at. <laughs> so, so we're just gonna... That's kind of what it seems like. He's just like...
0: We're just going to start over. We're just going to. And you know what? That, let's take this on the spiritual aspect. We've done something that was, we know, and everybody else knows, this was not a good thing. This was sin. He is actually admitting it. And like Penny said a while ago, he came there. And he probably didn't really have to, he could have ran away, Yeah. but he goes up to him and I think that takes something to do that, because yeah. this guy's an Ernest T. Bass, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> well,
2: and he doesn't say, I didn't mean it, I'm sorry, he says, yeah. I have sinned.
0: I have sinned. Yeah. Not like, oh, you know, hey, I thought it was somebody else. <laughs> He, he doesn't try to cover his tracks. Well, I was he drunk when I did it. that, you know. <laughs>
1: right.
0: I have sinned. And that is a key word. For your servant, he, he calls him king. He says, Your servant knows that I have sinned. Behold, I have come today to make this right. And so he's confessing to David, but he's also confessing to the Lord here. I, I really think there is a repentance and, and a true sorrow for for this. I don't know, you know, then, what all his motive is, but I, I definitely think that he knows what he did was wrong.
1: I mean, he doesn't come offering gifts. He doesn't come offering right. flattering words, saying, "Oh, you are such a great king, and mighty are you." He doesn't come doing that. He doesn't. He just comes himself, knowing that.
2: Take the Yeah, like I
1: could you know, I'm coming to this basically to my execution. Exactly. He had to know.
2: Well. He had to know we should have been killed for that. Yeah. yeah. I mean he even and, had. and he
0: could have been killed yeah. right on the spot. Yeah. And yeah. and you have the same guy here saying, Get him now Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says uh, you
1: have you someone, uh that the king should take it to heart for I your servant know that I have sin therefore I am the first to come today from Joseph, and to meet the Lord the King, you know, and you know, he, he being the first to do this, you know, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting thing, you know, it's like, well, I messed up, I might as well go and if I die, I die. Yeah. You know, if I die, I die, and to me that is really humbling, but I also think it's very interesting, Abishai and David' response, you know. Abishai is like, no, this guy deserves to be put to death. (laughs) And then David, once again, because Abishai is the same guy who spoke the first time, isn't he? He's the same guy who spoke
0: (laughs) the first time. Chapter 16, verse 9. Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over now and cut off his head. And
1: David's (laughs) response to that, in my opinion, was a little harsh to Abishai. You know, because I feel like I always kind of side with, like I always kind of, I'm like siding with Abishai here. You know, like <laughs> chop him up. Like don't yeah. let him speak to you. That, like, that David <laughs> do spice, it. Right? You pretty know, pretty and spice. you know, so then I feel like I get a rebuke because I kind of side with Abishai when David speaks. You know, and then here also I'm like, yeah, you know, chop his head up. He deserves to die. Like an
2: and, example of. It. Yeah,
1: but David once again rebukes Abishai and you know in his response when I read it it seemed like a harsh response you know Mm -hmm. what have I to do with you you sons of Zariah that you should be advisories adversary oh adversary
0: yeah
1: adversary to me today um shall any man be put to death today in Israel so you know being kind of like because Abishai is there you know he's like he's his right-hand man, or maybe his left-hand man, since Joab is kind of his right. You know, Abishai is there. He was there at the first. Now he's there again,
2: right next to David. He got shot down twice. Uh, I wonder how he's feeling. Yeah, no
1: kidding. <laughs> like, you don't really hear about Abishai. And the two times we hear about Abishai mm. concerning this event, concerning the same person, you know, Abishai still has the same heart. Wanted him dead before. Still holding on to it. He's like, ah, now we get to kill him. Hey. <laughs> we don't get to kill him. Do you remember
0: the Sons of Thunder? <laughs> right. You know, right. James and John. Yeah. Same kind of thought. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, and uh, uh, what what's exhibited here? Mercy,
2: mm.
0: forgiveness, grace. I think this is a great picture of all of us being Ernest T. Bass. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably still wondering, what in the world is he talking well, about? He
2: it? It's up. Andy Griffith's <laughs> show,
0: look <laughs> it up, look up Ernest T. Bass and watch one of those episodes. Oh, yeah. You'll see him throwing rocks all over the place, through <laughs> windows and whatever, you know. And he just gets, you know, to, you know, he's like, you know. He's
1: that character that you just don't want to be there.
0: Yeah, you know, that's right, the that's right.
1: entertaining and laughable. You know I mean?
0: and well, so
2: and you're really, you really don't think people are really like that yeah. but I guess they are <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Really>? <laughs> but somebody like him who deserves no mercy gets it from the king I think that's a great picture don't you of what Christ did for us because we're all this guy right? we're this guy and um, Of course, a lot of times we can be Abishai's, you know, Uh, but David here, (laughs) probably most of the the people are going, yeah, why don't you just cut his head off, you know, but Abishai is that way. I mean, you know, know, he takes no bunk at all. He's a
1: soldier
0: through and through. Oh, yeah. You don't don't insult my
1: leader. You don't insult my king. You don't insult my truth. You don't. You don't do that around me because I will cut your head
0: off.
1: Because I take it first. Yeah, you right. take it to heart. And obviously, he didn't let
0: it mm-hmm. go <laughs> the, after the first rebuke. <laughs> so Shammai, uh, apparently, I would say, he's convicted of his folly and uh, his sin. You, you have repentance here. You have uh, a thousand Benjamites. They're expressing their submission through this whole thing too, and they're saying, we'll go along with you. Uh, So he's building up a crowd, even the guys that would be like traitors or enemies, and they're coming back. And it's interesting how this kind of mirrors. Meets them on the way out, and it's Mm -hmm. weird things going on there. One guy is acting like he's doing good things, Mm -hmm. which really... uh, was he? And then this uh, other, this other guy right here—he's doing bad things with all the cursing and the rocks.
2: Even against that right now, people are like, "Get out of here, Taliban!" Like, "Hey, Taliban!" Yeah, <laughs> hey, God. what are you doing there? You remember oh, how we were getting—we right. were trying to
1: stop you yeah. and shoot you. We were all hmm. secretly on your side. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not <to> American. <clears throat> yeah. Now, they
1: had no problem that's killing good. anybody back then, didn't they? Because there wasn't really, I mean, there were rules against killing, you know, just for murder's sake, but in these war times, you know, you fought with swords and shields. Mm -hmm. The killing of people was way more intimate.
0: And once they got a king, like, started with Saul, Mm -hmm. but he was really not God's man, but they had to come up with an army. But it just, and they did bolster that, and then David, I mean, and then they got to their, their peak at their high point with, with David at their home. It, it just, the
1: helm. But the wars and stuff didn't really start until after they left Egypt. You know, after Moses wandering 40 years in the desert because they refused to go to the promised land because of the Nephilim that were there and the fear. After God just took them from Egypt and passed the Jordan and had been providing everything for them up until that point. They really didn't have an army then.
2: Yeah, but they, they didn't they have an army then. But they went and stuff. they conquered. They God
0: controlled all that. Conquered. They weren't organized no. in the way that they are now. Right. right. You know, and they've kind of been trained and, uh, they, of course, they were gifted, you know, right. to have leaders like David. And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so, so, yeah. Yeah, you see I had,
2: that. I had to look up a little bit about and and you probably mentioned this before, but... In, uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 26, it says Abishai is Joab's brother. Oh, And he was the mm-hmm. one when, mm-hmm. when David was being pursued by Saul and they went down into the camp.
1: Mm-hmm. To... Abishai was the one, was the one, was the one, one who, who
2: wanted to kill Saul. No. Was like it's, God. God has, it's always that way. It's always that way. Oh.
1: Wow.
0: And, David said, no. <laughs> and so every time he knows Abishai is here, he knows what he's going to do. He's
1: like, you are your brother's You are yeah. your
0: brother's brother. You are your How are you uh-huh. that? So yeah. We, he does. <laughs> uh, yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> he's yeah. kind of going to use thing. You the know where your dad them. is. We know where yeah. your family is. <laughs> You've <laughs> got a little thing going. on." about does
1: not fall far from the tree, as yeah, they say? Yeah, yeah.
2: Right.
1: Like, Especially
2: this tree. Yeah, you guys got temper like, mm-hmm. kind
0: of... Okay, so we have a forgiveness requested. <laughs> you know, this whole confession, there's forgiveness done in a way that most people would not have done. Mm-hmm. And there's a rebuke, not to Shemai, <laughs> but to
1: Abishai.
0: Ab- 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 Abishai, yeah. Well, one thing <clears throat> you had
1: mentioned when we were talking about this guy... Coming up to the, you know David and like repenting, because um, he's coming up with all these other people. and I said, probably some betrayers there as well. So you know these these betrayers, these Israelite betrayers, when they see mercy pass on to to this guy, well, I mean they people probably don't know what this guy did, you know, and, unless rumors were spread around. Well, that's
2: the you thing. Know. I just wonder what all of the <laughs> mice were thinking was going to happen.
1: So I mean, uh, and so then they're seeing mercy they're pass start on a to big this. Guy. fight
2: there or something? If they killed Shemai, were they going to have a big fight going on there, or were they? Gonna I think
0: just they're just trying to, to um, greet David as they're in that area and going back. But I mean, they had to back.
2: know that Shemai could get killed here. What were they going to do then? That's the thing is, <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying. I don't know <laughs> if and what did not tell them that he what he did and he wanted to. Re- I mean, yeah. Lay I mean, up on what
1: he was going to do. Was he ask for forgiveness. He could have talked about it, but Shemai was already living outside of the city. You know, he's already kind of out there. So when David's already in mm-hmm. Israel really on his way out, it seems like Shemai, because his relationship mm-hmm. to Saul and how that all went down, you know. It seems like he almost kind of excommunicated himself a right. little bit. He was from was kind of hanging the out people. there anyway, so
2: they kind of knew there was some bad blood, they yeah. were not too much.
1: So he probably didn't go back gloating and boasting, because the wars and the fighting happened fairly quickly. You know, it's, it, the time between David's escape and their reuniting in battle, there's not a whole lot of time there. So... You know, because the one guy wanted to pursue David as quick as possible with as many men as a thousand men or so, and capture David. And, oh, don't do that! And so it seems like maybe like a day by day time frame. So I don't, I don't see this Shemai guy running around and boasting through the cities what he did. But you know, he knew what he had done, and so he gathered the people together and just, you know,
0: he definitely confesses, yeah. repents. And,
1: and the people see mercy. Even the betrayers see mercy being shown. And to me, if I was turned on, mm-hmm. if I joined a group of people and turned on somebody, and then that person ended up winning, and you know we had to like stand for trial and be like, uh, we messed up, we were wrong, I sinned, I messed up, and. If mercy is shown to somebody else, and I'm hoping then that mercy will also be shown to me, I'll feel more confident. I'll feel more like, okay, I'm, I'm confessing my sins. Hopefully you'll have mercy on me too. And so I think the people get to see that, that mercy so they they get to invest even more into David and be like, okay, well, maybe I'm not so scared of him anymore right now because <laughs> he seems merciful right now.
2: Or maybe what they realize they this church. Yeah, that's you.
0: That's why that attribute of the mercy of God, it, that's what where we go back ourselves then and look at the cross and we look at the mercy and you know who are we? We're nobody. Right. Look what we've done to offend the holy God and there's the mercy. Let's go on to the next one. This is David dealing now with Ziba and Mephibosheth.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mephibosheth, son of Saul, came down to meet the king. He had neither cared for his feet trimmed his mustache and washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he came home in peace. It was when he came from Jerusalem to meet the king that the king said to him, Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? So he answered, O my lord the king, my servant, deceive me. For your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself, that I may ride on it and go with the king, because your servant is lame. Moreover, he has slandered your servant to my lord the king, but my lord the king is like the angel of God. Therefore, do what is good in your sight. For all my father's household was nothing but dead men before my lord the king, Uh, yet your servant among those who ate at your own table. What right do I have yet that I should complain any more to the king? So the king said to him, Why do you still speak of your affairs? I have decided. You and Ziba shall divide the land. Mephibosheth said to the king, Let him even take it all, since my lord the king has come safely to his own house. Interesting here. David earlier had sent for Mephibosheth way back when. You know, is there anybody in the in the house? Uh, you know, Saul, Jonathan, and such. And mm-hmm. and of course, the servant Ziba tells him, "Yeah, there's Mephibosheth." And so he invites Mephibosheth to sit at his table all the time, to live right there at the house of David. There, David then we know fled from Jerusalem. Ziba. Then meets him and has provisions for the trip. Ziba tells the king that he had, uh, um, you know, had some things, and that uh, Mephibosheth actually stayed back in Jerusalem, hoping he might gain the throne, maybe for uh, you know that came from his grandfather, what he deserved anyway. Uh, at that time, David gave Zeba all the inheritance that Mephibosheth uh, was really. That was his, that he had been given to him. And uh, so now we have a real problem. I don't know, but I don't think Mephibosheth was so bad here. And looking at it, sometimes it seems like he's given an excuse, but in another sense, it's like you notice that uh, 24, he didn't care for his feet didn't trim his mustache. He didn't wash his clothes. I'm sure he's stinking. He doesn't care. Uh, he's in mourning for David and that whole deal. But Zeba acted like he was trying to take over the kingship right. or take advantage of that situation. And it says here, though, it's kind of interesting in 25. Um, David says, why didn't you go with me, Mephibosheth? So he said, Oh my lord, the king, my servant deceived me. For your servant said, I said, I will saddle a donkey for myself that I may ride on it and go with the king. Because I'm lame. So this,
1: this is a little confusing. here.
0: It is. It is. He's saying, I was getting ready to saddle up the donkey and come on out. But he doesn't really finish there. Do you think? I don't think that he was kept from coming there. It acts like he was kept from it for some reason. But it's almost like, but he meets him here this time. Why didn't he go out <coughs> I'm not sure. Well, it seems like that he's kind of making an excuse why he didn't come, and he didn't give a very good excuse.
2: My <coughs> notes are saying that... Uh he couldn't go because Ziba took the donkeys. What the? <laughs> Ziba took the it, to and, and he couldn't go now, because d- he's lame. But your version
0: doesn't say that, right? That's no, what your notes, notes are saying. Notes are saying. The, so it's interjecting in there that could possibly be, and that would make sense. Yeah. Well,
1: and then there's also, <laughs> you know, on David's retreat... You know, if, if this guy Matishef is knowing that David is on the retreat because he's leaving, you know, obviously, you know, it, it could be, you know, maybe because I'm lame, I would be more of a burden than I would be anything else, because I don't know when my king's coming back. I don't know when he's going to return. I don't know what's going to happen out there. And what if I go out there and I'm just more of a burden? Yeah. Uh, I
2: <clears throat> here's, here's my take on the whole thing. I think he was left high and dry by the servant. I do too. Mm-hmm. That's what that it sounds true. like to me. Because that's why he's dirty <clears throat> and he's filthy and everything like this. Because there's nobody around he he to take to care, care of him. him. Yeah. I, I, that's just. I mean, so they're saying that it's kind of like. Well, he was kind of left, kind of abandoned. And then remember David had also given him uh, him all all of he had because he didn't show up. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's dirty and filthy because there ain't nobody around mm-hmm. mm-hmm. taking care of So him. we're
0: saying it's possible that Zeba deceived Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth. Oh, yeah. and I think that's probably what's I mean, going on right. there. You know, I mean, you I mean, think he's about he's all he's these he's things that are very he good possibilities.
2: On, when he his on his on what says, <clears throat> <throat> have to yeah. complain to the king? Right, right? You know, you gave me everything." But then he's, he's
0: very humble he and all the way know. through it. And I do see where he really was in mourning for what 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 has happened. He didn't even take care of himself, of course. Or or he
2: just didn't have, maybe he didn't have the resources because. The servant ended up with all the, well, took all is. his wealth, yep. mm-hmm. everything he had. So maybe he was where he was left at is where he was at, and there was no his resources. No, no doubt, we not. have a deceiver here. Right.
0: I mean, yeah. Ziba's pretty good at this, but um, a lot of times it's well helpful. Uh, how does this fit in with your journey? You ever run into people like that? They're oh, you yeah. know they're very helpful, <laughs> but yet yeah, they'll go behind your back. Have you okay. ever had that yeah. happen? It's
2: yeah, you kind of, yeah. Okay, yeah, there's power
0: plays on And of course, the nation of Israel kind of did that. His own son did that. And now you're seeing these two individuals. It's happening to Mephibosheth from, from Ziba. So it's interesting. Uh, uh, character studies show, I think, what is the depravity of man. Whether they're believers or not believers, no matter whether it's somebody like David who is right at the top of the the realm as far as spiritual uh, reasons go, you know. But we see David sometimes shaking. Uh, This walk, this journey is is hard. It's tough. It's a battle. Well, okay, Uh, I think we all have some pretty good input there. Hey, these are some things that could happen. I think Ziba is really putting on a deception here. What does yeah, David do with this, though? Because
1: I'm, I'm, I'm rereading and rereading this line. Because the way they word it is so confusing. But uh-huh. He says, for your servant said, so for your servant said, he's referring to himself.
0: And then the servant... He
1: says, I will saddle a donkey for myself that I may ride it to go to the king because your servant is lame. So it, it sounds like he's saying... I wanted to saddle up a donkey, ride that donkey out to you because I'm lame and I can't do anything. And but who shows up with the donkey and the supplies? Zeba.
0: So Zeba yeah. took what probably was right. going to be Mephibosheth's ride.
1: Right. So Mephibosheth is getting ready, and then Zeba just comes in and takes the <clears throat> takes the one because you don't.
2: Well the, he because he sees his opportunity yeah. to good in front of David and saying he brought all this to him, and he right. gets to mention that the bishop was the one that actually probably at first came up with the idea, and there's something else you're talking about. so that's why I, when he said certain says about why what, how could I complain mm-hmm. and it's like well is it everything just was gone then from him, so how could I go back to the king that had first given this stuff to me so I gave it all back to you. King David, right? And there's nothing left. And but I was in mourning for the situation that was right. there. So I think,
0: it, it. yeah, and I believe as David is hearing this, is this has to be real? You know, it's confusing to us. Yeah. To David, he's going.
1: I think so. what? What? He's here.
0: hearing two stories yeah. here, and they're conflicting. And he likes both of these guys. Huh. You know, he really does. He favors them, and he favored Mephibosheth already. Mm-hmm. And so whenever he heard that Mephibosheth kind of turned against him, so he gave it all to Ziba. And now he goes, whoa, uh, I think Mephibosheth has got some points here, and Mephibosheth isn't trying to get anything. He's just—he realizes the blessing that he has that all along through here, along with David. So, how do you reconcile these two different stories and accounts that we're getting? He doesn't find find one man totally right and the other, you know, totally wrong. Now he is in a, a, a fix, and I don't think David really is to blame here, but maybe he jumped on a little bit earlier when he heard that from Ziba. But, you know, there is quickly moving and, and moving on, and he, had, he what he does now, he just divides it evenly. Because
1: it sounds like, <laughs> you know, Ziba did show up with the stuff, and he already promised the stuff to Ziba, and here is like a time of mercy, so he's not going to kill Ziba, you know, because he's already s- spared the one guy who done rocks at him. <laughs>
2: So it's like, all right. David's trying I can say face here. He <laughs> yeah, I can, I can say his like, head he The face. pressure
0: was on. Yeah, when you're a leader on. like this and all these things are coming down, sometimes on. the decisions we don't take the time so, to. Th- you know, and wait a minute, I've got to wait on this for a little bit and think. I think he was on the move and he said, Oh, really? But boom, he hit it? Why would he lie to me? Huh? Would we would we do something like that? Well, I think we could do that. Why is he
2: he's going against me too? Someone against him. Yeah.
0: So boy the pressure was on him. I can't really blame David in this, so now what he does is that he tries to make it right with both guys here. There's rejoicing, there's reunion. Uh, David gives both men the benefit here, benefits that uh, facilitate what I believe would be a reconciliation. I don't think Mephibosheth is really holding against anybody himself here anyway. He doesn't ask for anything. He's feeling unworthy, undeserving in the first place. But um, I think the... um, The whole idea is that David takes care of it, and let's move on. (laughs) And let's move on. Let's finish the chapter. Here we go. Now, uh, now you have Barzillai, which has appeared also whenever David was leaving. This guy shows up. He's 80 years old, and he is very, very wealthy. He gave a lot of supplies, tremendous amount, and somehow he got all this together, probably used a lot of people, a lot of uh, you know donkeys, and uh, how did they ever get all this stuff here? Does it
1: say that this guy is a wise man?
0: Barzilli, oh, there's no doubt about it. Because
1: uh, he's wealthy, and you don't just obtain wealth through ignorance.
0: Right. By the way, let's go back to uh, 18. Verse twenty-seven. Uh, he had come to Manahem, and there's three people: Shob- Shobi, the son of Nahash from Rabbah, the sons of Ammon; Macher the sons of Amiel from Lodibar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite from Rogelim. Then he brought beds basins, pottery. You know what? you got to have carts and all sorts of things to get these things out there to David's people. Wheat, barley, flour, parched grain, beans, lentils, parched seeds. That's in chapter 17. 17.
1: Oh, I was 18. Honey, curd,
0: sheep, cheese of the herd. I'm sorry about that. I said 18, but it was right at the end of 17. And this is... You know, an 80-year-old man, he didn't do it by himself, but he knew how to get people together. He had the wealth to do it. He had the means to do it. And he was going to make sure that David was taken care of.
1: I think during the time of Absalom's time in front of the gates, corralling the people, I think this man could have been thinking, this is very strange. This is... Maybe this seems right. Maybe this doesn't seem right. I don't know. So maybe he has the supplies somewhat ready just in case.
0: I do believe he's heard about what's happening. You know, David's on the run, and, you know, before he was even there.
2: Yeah. But like Abel was saying, he, right. this guy's yeah, yeah, like prepared. he already he got, already got it, this yeah. thing together real no quick. He, so he was prepared so was kind of supplies.
1: Because you don't get, you don't just. <laughs> I mean, maybe back in these days. But I can guarantee you now, because we don't got servants right around our house. Yeah,
2: how many beds do you have laying lying around? <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Load up the carts. Yeah. I mean, a you lot know. That could have just been from the access, but
0: like they had to have beds and they had to have mm-hmm. pottery. Yeah. I mean, that's stuff that had to
2: be pre-made. They just don't uh, run out to Walmart or do, yeah, you know, to pack it up. They, yeah, I yeah. mean, even if, it is, so even if it's even if it's
1: their own stuff and they didn't make it. Actually,
2: you know, like they would like, grab all the pots, grab all, the, like, grab yeah. all this. Uh, they take all their supplies. Yeah. I did saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. 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 I think so So they said, "How do you have a, you didn't have a yeah. warehouse to go run?" Right. And he just right. shows up. What's this guy doing for a living? He was, was a prepper. <laughs> 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 That's right. The first there you go. There you
0: go. All right. Uh, 31, Barzillai the Gileadite had come down from Rogelum. He went on to the Jordan with the king to escort him over the Jordan. This is quite a few miles. We're not talking going, you know, 100 yards or so or a couple of miles. We're talking uh, there's another 25 miles or so and then on. But uh, Barzillai was very old, uh, being 80 years old, and he had uh, sustained the king while he stayed at Mahanam. We know about that. For he was a very great man, great man of wealth and. I think he's a very godly man. The king said to Barzillai, "You cross over with me, and I'll sustain you in Jerusalem with me." He says, "Come on along. You come on, and you stay with me. I'll, we'll take care of you." But Barzillai said to the king, "How long have I yet to live? You know, I'm I'm in my dying days. You know, I've already done everything in my life. You know, I don't need a uh, a whole lot of." Everything that goes along with the wealthy and such, I've had all this, and you know what? I'm okay here. Uh, how long have I yet to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I'm now 80 years old. Can I distinguish between good and bad, or can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink, or can I hear any more the voice of singing men and women? You know, he's losing his hearing. He's losing his, you know, his his mind and his taste. I mean, he's saying. You know, what used to be really something else, you know, everybody gets into that. That's not a big deal anymore. I think as you get older, I can see what that really means. You know, I don't need that anymore. Why then should your servant be an added burden to my lord the king? Your servant would merely cross over the Jordan with the king. Why should the king compensate me with this reward? David wants to be real kind to him. Barsilli was kind to him, so David is extended it even more. Right. We'll take care of you. Please let your servant return that I may die in my own city. He wants to be buried where his fathers are, I'm, You know where this is my home, near the grave my father and my mother. However, here is your servant Chimham. And we'll say in a moment who we think he is. Let him cross over with my Lord the King and do for him what is good in your sight. So I can't go, but hey, would you like to take Chimam? Okay, we'll come back to that. The king answered, Chimam shall cross over with me, and I'll do for him what is good in your sight, and whatever you require of me, I'll do for you. All the people crossed over the Jordan, and the king crossed too. The king then kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his place. Now the king went on to Gilgal, and Chinnam went on with him, and all the people of Judah, and also half the people of Israel, accompanied the king. And behold, all the men of Israel came to the king, and said to the king, Why had our brothers, the men of Judah, stolen you away, and brought the king and his household, and all David's men with over the Jordan? Then all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the king is a close relative to us. Why then are you angry about this matter? Have we eaten at all the king's expense or has anything been taken for us? But the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, we have ten parts in the king, therefore we have more claim to David than you. Why then did you treat us with contempt? Was it not our advice first to bring back our king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were harsher than the words of the men of Israel. <laughs> and we're right at the end of here, but I find this almost funny. This blessing, Barzillai, is great. He's a character, isn't he? A favorite character that you would have.
1: I can see. <coughs> I like when hearing Barzillai and David, you know, I'm like. I'm kind of like sad saddened a little bit. Because it's like this guy did such a great thing for David and David just wants to return not only that favor but really bless the guy yeah. you know and he's like no please keep it you know when you try to bless somebody because you really care about them and you really love for them and they, they tell you no to your blessing and you're kind of like oh well I really wanted to give this to you but when you get older
2: like you said, yeah. like your values change to what's most important and I guess you <coughs> assumed everybody would love the love of the kingdom mm-hmm. and stuff like that but He's had he obviously had enough of his own stuff. He did yeah. really had he
0: been younger he might have done it, but he didn't need it. Well he
2: doesn't yeah. look familiar to him and all yeah. the carrying ons all, all the carrying and stuff of being the king and all the parades and all yeah. that you know, party going on. There's always something. He's gonna come go back to simple, quality of life. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So uh, what you have here then okay. he, he he accompanies David all the way to the Jordan and then beyond yeah. To Gilgal. Mm -hmm. And I think that is really something. That's not very far from Jericho there, really. Uh And so he says goodbye. And David extends to him, we know, and quite the offering of this, this whole abundance. I'll stay home. Barzillai then says that there is a young man by name of Chimam to do what has been offered to him. He says, I've got one here you can do and bless him with. Go to 1 Kings 2.7 and I think we'll learn who this guy is. 1 Kings 2.7 We're near Mm -hmm. the end of the study tonight. I've been going over here. A little bit past seven again, as always, right? Israelites
1: are now in a tug-of-war match.
2: It's Rebell's fault. Rebell's
0: is that what it is? So yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 of course I do.
0: <laughs> it is great to have them back. It, I'm it, telling you. It.
2: Yes, I'm
1: glad. It, I got we a really
0: reputation. You. <laughs> yep, we missed you severely. It didn't <laughs> yeah, seem right. It didn't seem like Bible study. Yeah. I'm First good. Kings two seven. But show kindness to the sons of Barzillai, the Gileadite. And let them be among those who eat at your table, for they assisted me when I fled from Absalom, your brother. You know what he's saying there. As he is getting ready to die, he says, "Make sure you take care of the sons of who?" Barzillai. The son, not just one, but I think he took care of multiple ones. Now. Let's find yeah. Because why did I say that? Because of Jeremiah chapter forty-one verse seventeen. With that in mind, now I think we'll get a good, clear answer. Jeremiah forty-one seventeen. And uh, here it is. People are being rescued here. You know, it, they went and stayed in Geruth Chimham, which is beside Bethlehem, in order to proceed right on into Egypt. They say, "What is going on there?" They even remember Chimham, mm-hmm. and that would be him noted. And they stayed in this place that is even named after. Oh. Them. Yeah. Which Jeremiah is like about what three hundred years later or so, somewhere in that vicinity, wow. two hundred fifty years later, whatever, wow. and uh, it's known, and they, you know, uh, a town, and so you'll notice that definitely is um, show kindness to the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite. Wow, the sons. So, uh, and there is the name that comes up, Chimham. And he wouldn't have been known around that area before because he was from a total different area, and that would make sense that uh, he was. It was well known uh, enough to give a name to a town, and to, of course, what was in this story here. He I think that's really fascinating. Him, right? Yeah, huh? he made
2: something of himself.
0: Yes, he, he did. did.
1: He didn't squander the blessing.
0: it. Yeah, that's right. So he kept his promise to, to Barzillai, not only for his lifetime, but even after he died, he had made sure that they were taken care of and whatever happened, and they made something of themselves. That Chimham did. Well, you get the quarreling in 43-43. 40 it's <laughs> tribal jealousies here as they go on to Gilgal. And, oh, and it turns ugly. Oh, it does. And it will turn worse and worse. And this is a dividing of Israel. We've already had it. And now we will have a dividing. It will come together for a little bit. And then you will have the ultimate dividing where you will never have them together again. One day they will be together again.
1: That's
0: yeah, Solomon. Solomon. Not yeah. After Solomon, that's right. Judah accompanies David. Half ex- the people of Israel.
1: Sorry, that explains yeah. the whole quarrel after Solomon dies, when his son takes over, and they say, "Are you going to treat us like your father, or better?" And they're like, "I'm going to work you twice as hard, and like kill him." <laughs> yeah. You. Know,
2: Hey, are we going all... Are a we
1: going <laughs> <laughs> that far? we switching tonight?
2: books.
0: <laughs> well, there, there's arguments going on here. And you got the ten tribes versus Judah. And this is not a good thing at all. And, you know, hey, we're bringing back the king back to Jerusalem because we are David's closest kin. You know, yeah. and they go, oh, we're, we have more power than that. We have ten tribes ten times as much. The argument doesn't end there. And it does get worse, as you guys say. And this is where the author ends the debate for the point in time. for, And that's what we're going to do in our Bible study here tonight. It kind of uh, ends for us because what happens is a foolish, angry words are spoken. Or they could have been. We've gotten the point of what's going on and it's petty jealousy. You have strife prevailing here, and tensions are now at an all-time high. And the situation is getting ready to ignite. That's where we leave off. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this evening. Thank You for Your Word, Your truth here. And we see uh, mercy and grace and forgiveness and repentance. We also see the depravity of man and how the sinfulness of even God's people of the bickering and the arguing and all the things that go on that uh, is like the things of the world and the way that uh, people think rather than thinking on the things of God. And it always reminds us this is the battle that we constantly struggle with Lord, we also uh, pray for Anna tonight as uh, we uh, understand that she has some serious eye issues and uh, the doctors need much wisdom on which way to go and try to find out what to do with her eye. We pray for Debbie as she continues to recover from her surgery and uh, Lord, we've had several people out with sickness. We're thankful that Avil could make it back with us again and doing well. And Lord, we uh, are thankful that uh, you give us health and uh, you give us this time together that uh, we have to worship you. All glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.